Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. I already have the giggles because my guest today is a repeat offender. That's what I'm going to call her. And the last time she was on the podcast, I said her accomplishments were too many to list. So please welcome clearly a glutton for punishment from Broken Harrow, Oklahoma, (laughs) Kristen Chenoweth. Why do we have the giggles? I know now we both have the giggles. Seriously, have you taken leave of your senses to come back? Yes, I love you. And I love you. So I'll I got always come back. Always. Okay, so until I'm irrelevant, I won't be. Oh, no, you'll never be irrelevant. Okay, so last time you were here, we talked about your engagement to Josh. So I got to ask, how's the wedding planning? Has there a date been set? Have you picked a dress? Did you choose a venue? And where are you registered? I guess my main question is, have you done anything? No, no. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I'm I'm a loser. Okay. We want to just kind of run off, but we can't because our families would be mad at us for the end, end of time. So that's my New Year's resolution. So because last time we talked, you're like, oh, we're, gonna do it. we're doing it this year, Melissa. We're doing it this year. Josh is standing here over going, we're doing it this year. He's getting mad at me. You were like, no, it's too new. We haven't gotten there. So I'm glad that you have accomplished nothing. <laughs> He's like, I don't look good enough to be on, but he, I'm going to, I swear, I swear I'm going to, I, I swear. My assistant's going to plan it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that we've all just given up complete control of our lives. Is I mean, what have we been through though? The past five years, three years, it's been hell. It's yeah, been hell. Oh, I'm not allowed to put any, I'm not allowed to schedule anything why why because i'll screw it up (laughs) me either me either the same i'm not allowed i will screw it up i'm i mean if something josh always says about me if something can go wrong it will with you chris it just will how about you know we get our covid tests for our in-person um interviews and i'm in every system in every world across america and beyond every studio every single one today I come and the lady's like you're nowhere I'm like I'm there I swear I love them and she's like no you're not and we had to reinvent me and I mean I don't know what it is with me but technology and me just don't mix I'm trying though I'm I'm now a TikToker oh yes so am I I know I know we have to be and it's kind of fun it's kind of fun I I actually enjoy it right now at least scrolling through it more than I'm enjoying scrolling through Instagram but have you noticed when you like something you then get flooded yes yes like if I get one more freaking makeup tutorial after watching like two if I get one more puppies if I get one more thing of puppies also can I just tell you this 
I have to share this with you. I'm obsessed with it. Okay, here we go. I don't know who it is. You'll you can just look it up. It's shop call people going through drive-throughs like McDonald's, which I love, or Burger King, whatever. And they have dog collar shot collars on, dog shot collars on. And their their passenger, who's usually their idiot friend, hits the thing as they're ordering. Please watch it. Please find it. <laughs> do yourself a favor. I don't think I don't think one should do it. I mean, it could like cause a seizure. I don't know, but it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Please do it. Okay. Oh, I will. I'm telling you. Okay. We have to talk about your new book. Right, right. <laughs> you realize we're going to have the giggles through all of this, but we're going to get this part serious. I can't stop laughing at your angle from before. <laughs> It's okay. We're going to get you medicated and straighten you out. <laughs> okay. I'm no philosopher, but I got thoughts in which you showcase different philosophies for life. Many of which, of course, because you're deeply spiritual, come from the Bible. Um, other than asking people not to wear shock collars. <laughs> which is a strong philosophy. I got to tell you, I'm going to make my assistant do it. I just got to do it once. (laughs) Be careful. Your assistant does it toward to you. I I can't possibly do it. I already seem like I'm on a shot collar. I can't possibly have one. (laughs) Where did the idea for the book come from? Honestly, from my own journaling. I'm a big journaler. I love to read. Obviously I've read everything you've done. You know, a lot of my friends and a lot of just just, I love to read. I love trying to put thoughts together. And I wrote a 2009 memoir and my lit agent said, when, when, when COVID hit to answer your question, when COVID hit, he said, what do you think about writing? I said, no, no, that was too hard. I feel like a book report is due constantly. I I'm all, I like to arrive early, be on time, be ahead. And I'm always late. No, no, no. And he said, well, where else are you going to, what else are you going to do? And he had a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had a point and I said, let me think on it. And I didn't know what I, what I wanted it to be. Um, I looked at my own journal entries and I thought, well, I kind of laughed at myself. The things I got my panties in a twist about the things that made me laugh. I always put quotes in there of, of people that, you know, like I have a lot of Rumi, Emily Dickinson, of course, the Bible's quoted in there. There's a there's a part in there. I don't know if you ever heard or your mom would ever say, you know, you need to have the patience of Job. I figured this would be a joke you or your mom would say, but I just I wrote it down in my journal. And my mom was always saying that to me about patience and about calming down. And and I read, so I finally just went back and reread Job a few times and he bitched his head off. He bitched his head off. So I, I, I saw that in my journal. I was like, by the way, don't have patience of Joby, but just head off. You're welcome. So I just wanted it to be a shot of fun for my own thoughts. And also, you know, you, you know, from the book, I titled it, thought, I titled every chapter thoughts on harmony, thoughts on faith, thoughts on anxiety, depression, thoughts on closure, thoughts on screwing up. And all of it just kind of came from my own journaling. And I hope people can can laugh with me at me and also go deep with me as I do in some of the stuff. So I'm glad people are, are responding to that part of it as well. What's the first philosophy that you remember really spoke to you? 
it was a, a poster above my bed. It had, it had a mouse. Now think about this dancing as a ballerina. And it says beauty is as beauty does. And, and my mother had put that. I love animals and I love, I loved ballet. So she put that above my bed. And I, I remember is every day when I woke up, I would look at that and see it before I went to school. And we were talking about it one day with, uh, I was a teenager. I go, mom, what made you put that up there? And she said, because it's not how, it's not how you look. It's what you do that makes you beautiful. And if you think about it for a 12 year old, that's pretty profound. Yeah. And it stuck with me my whole life. How has your philosophy of life changed as you've gotten older? Oh, great question. Um, uh, the main thing, you know, Oprah had it right of being in the moment, but I used to get my panties in a twist. I'm a perfectionist type A, you know, just the that cocktail of a person. And any incredibly wonderful thing that would happen in my career, I was already onto the next thing. And if I could go back, and my philosophy is now, enjoy what's enjoy what you're doing now. Enjoy what you're a part of now. Don't be, don't live in the past and don't be ahead. Do it now. I could go back in time and think about my Broadway debut. Of course, there's wonderful memories from it, but like, I was like, now what, now what, now what? It's always the now what's that gets us, gets us out of the moment. But that's and, my philosophy. And you have to be very disciplined to stay in the moment. Yes, it's a practice. Yes. With my mother, it was always um, our big, well, we had a couple of big ones, but one of the ones I think that would most, pertain to to your book is um this too shall pass oh yeah and but it's got two meanings one is when things are bad just remember this too will pass but the second thought was when things are great this too shall appreciate, pass. appreciate them that's right because this too wait. shall pass thank you for reminding me of that because it's true especially in, uh, well, in all industries, yeah. in all industries, but you know, we're in the public eye and it's, it's lovely when things work out in a good way for you, right. For yeah. your career, but this too shall pass. And another thing that when we're talking about this subject, Melissa, my mom always said, you know, character is what you're doing when no one's watching. Yeah. And so this too shall pass. You just got to remember that people, because of what we do, because of our jobs, people look at us and say, why is she acting like that? Or why is he acting like that right now? And just, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not really being very clear right now, but. No, you're being totally clear. I completely understand because a lot of times with philosophies, there's so many multiple meanings. I mean, yes. like our family motto my parent, my dad was a huge Winston Churchill fan. And my mother was a voracious reader of history, as am I. What we always used to say was a very bastardized version of a famous Winston Churchill quote was, when you find yourself in hell, keep going. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I get yeah. I've got the goosebumps. Just keep going. Then, of course, I always like the one that, um, uh, 
I forget what it is, but it's like it is going from crisis to crisis with no loss of enthusiasm. <laughs> Another great one. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> is there such a thing as a bad philosophy? Yeah, like, you know, when vodka tells you at night, drink me. And the next morning you're like, that was a bad philosophy. <laughs> That was more of advice, not philosophy. You're right. I'm sorry. I get them confused. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I think there are people who have very selfish philosophies or selfish motivations and bury them or justify them as a philosophy. Like, yeah, like I'm the only one that matters. Yeah. Hello. Ding dong. Is anyone home? No. (laughs) What do you think is the difference between philosophy and advice? Because I know my friends or people I know are always asking me for advice. And sometimes I give good advice. And then (laughs) sometimes, perhaps every now and again, intentionally give bad advice. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Um, I think advice obviously is, I too have people in my life that trust me and love me and that I love and so much my core, I call it. And I, I sometimes give advice without them asking. (laughs) I'm sure it's not always welcome, but you know, sometimes the philosophies can come into when you're giving advice. Like I always like to say to my friends, well, I don't know about you, but this is what works for me. And maybe you can. So my advice sometimes comes through a philosophy of life. There's a, there's a great, um, I don't know if it's a philosophy. I think it is. I quote it in the book, Elizabeth Edwards. Remember her? Yep. Okay. And she was married to that man. Um, I don't know how else to describe him. And her philosophy was when the wind did not blow her way, she adjusted her sails. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. As I put it in the book, because I, I say that to a lot of my friends, I'm like, it's a philosophy, but maybe it'll help you because let's face it. The wind does not always blow our way and we have to yeah. adjust. We have to adjust. Have you ever accidentally given bad advice and have oh, to yes. go, yes. wow, that was a mistake. <laughs> yes. I told this girl, one of my good girlfriends. Oh, definitely date her. Oh, she's amazing. I love her. I just love who she is. I think she's the worst relationship of her life. (laughs) It was an oopsie. I call it an oopsie. Oops, my bad. My bad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So you've done so many red carpets. Yeah, a few. (laughs) Has your glam squad 
ever given you, and I'm saying, of course, accidentally, bad advice, because I, and I don't mean to hurt you, can think of once or twice (laughs) where maybe your glam wasn't totally on point. I remember once you had your hair piled up on the top of your head, and honestly, it was bigger than your head, and I was worried a gust of wind would take you out. Okay, you just need to know that that particular instance that you're speaking of. It was at the Oscars, I believe. Yeah, it was It was big hair. It was big hair. And I, I come to the South, so you know what we say. Obviously, you know the saying, the bigger the hair, the closer to heaven. Right. Or yeah, the higher the hair, the clo- bigger, the closer to God. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, I got that philosophy wrong. <laughs> okay, but that was my bad because I was insistent on the hair. I've probably seen it on Angelina Jolie or something. And I thought, do me, you know, do me like that. And they was said, no, don't do that. And I said, no, no, I'm the boss. I want you to do me. And, you know, that's a, a philosophy of living and learning. Because <laughs> I remember going, her hair's bigger than her head. She's a little tiny thing and her hair is the, oh, overwhelming. I was like a bobblehead. I was just worried if a wind picked up. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like, oh shit, she's going to fly. <laughs> I would love to take flight. I would love to take flight, but maybe not at the Oscars. <laughs> maybe with some safety harnesses. <laughs> exactly. What kind of advice did you, or philosophy did you leave out of the book that you wish you hadn't? Because, you know, when you're editing a book, which I have done, sometimes it feels like killing one of your babies. It's hard, isn't it? It's like, yes. say, what do, um, I can't think of a specific philosophy, but there was a, a little bit more of a chapter on uh, uh, me younger, you know, um, more of the Sally Brown age that it just, it just was better. There's obviously going back in time in the book for sure, but we just didn't need it. And it was hard because, you know, you think I said, I said to my publisher, no, 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 it has to be in there. She goes, it really doesn't because you, you cover that so well in other stuff. And they're, you know, we got to give our publishers a little love because they're so good at trimming the fat. And of course, being a type A and wanting to this to be me, just me, I, I fought it, but she was right. I, w- I sat down and read the book again the other night and she was right. Um, this is, this book is nothing but meat. This is my meat. I should say nothing but meat. Everything else is the, tr- the fat has been trimmed. And so I'm glad she, I'm glad I had her. And I'm really glad, you know, we call them ghost writers, but I work with Joni Rogers a lot. And what the way she helps me in what I write is trimming the fat, um, not sounding like an idiot and putting the chapters in the right order. I am not, that's not my strong suit. And I, but, but, but this is, this is me. This is my writing. And she might make suggestions of like, Hey, you might not want to say it like that. Let's find a different way. It's great to have a guide like that. They help you organize your thoughts. Yes. Yes. Speaking of giving advice and being a leader, you're working on a documentary. Yeah. Called 1300 miles to Broadway. And you bring kids from all from 33 States and eight countries to Broken Arrow, your hometown, right. as part of your Broadway boot camp, which I have to tell you is a better title for it than Combat and Taps. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. 
<laughs> That's not a good title. <laughs> no. What exactly is it? I, uh, they named a theater, they built a performing arts center several, 15, 20 years ago, and they wanted to name the theater after me. And I was like, no, I'm too young. They're like, no, you're actually not. And <laughs> thank so, you. Thanks. Thank you so much. I know. And then my dad goes, what are you going to do with it? You know, the name was up there. I was like, well, I'll come and do my shows. He's like, yeah, I'm next. What else? <laughs> and I said, well, the Broadway shows will come through, which for my town that's outside Tulsa, which is great that they're they're coming to my my theater to do it. And I'll have my friends and famous people come and play, do their acts. And it's been amazing, been amazing for our, our Oklahoma and for my town. And he said, what else? I said, well, there's clearly something else you want me to do. What is it? He's like, just think bigger, giving back. How can you do it? So I came up with the idea of having a Broadway boot camp. And so that was nine years ago. And this past summer, we went and we filmed it. We didn't go anywhere. We did it there. And there were kids all over, from all over the world there. And Melissa, it was it was so fun. And my longtime friend, Kenny Ortega, who, you know, obviously did so many things, but did Michael Jackson's This Is It. Um, I, I just couldn't think of a better person to direct it and produce it with me because he's he's the guy and he loves young talent like I do. And we filmed it. We, pro we produced it and filmed it and we're editing it now. And I'm just so proud of it. This will be my legacy. This will be the thing that I want to be remembered for. Well, it's so important because there's been so many cuts in arts education yes. in school. So truly, uh, it's yes. a giving back. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for bringing that up. I I played a lot. <laughs> I was on West Wing and I, I learned a lot about, <laughs> about politics on that show. Um, but we always kind of not made fun of the lobbyists, but in the show, we were like, they're out there again. And I found myself with um, the Grammy organization, uh, Grammys on the Hill. Uh, I found myself lobbying to both sides of the aisle. And it was really fun uh, to get to talk about what I love so much with people who don't necessarily agree. We don't always agree on everything, uh, right? And we just don't. But it was nice to hear like the arts and education was lobbied. Uh, Linda Perry and I did it. it was together. It was so fun. And also just reminded me so important. And I, I'd like to do that again, because I don't want people to forget that not everything is football. Not everything is, I mean, we didn't even have enough people in high school to have choir. We had madrigals. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Dang, that's my favorite thing. So of course the show Glee really that I, that I was on really, I think helped change the face of that for high schools. Cause now I walk in and Glee club and choir, I'm like, yes, what I would have given for that. And so I just really hope our, you know, our country starts to realize that how arts changes lives, has the ability to change lives. You've had, and you bring up West Wing, you've had such a diversified career and, you know, you can sort of learn how to sing and learn how to dance and hone those crafts. But like my mom always said, you can't teach comedy. No. And you are... I hate the word deft, but I'm going to use it. I love deft. Deft, deft at both. When you're 
and not so much with the acting because you know that but with the singing I'm always curious because I can't sing worth shit um what's harder to sing a serious dramatic song or a comedic song comedic and I'm sure that you agree with me yeah if you could sing and I know your mother would because you know I love I've been in dramas I love that that you know way too but what do they say who said it comedy is easy you know uh, dying is easy comedy is hard yeah it's true I mean I love the hours but like give me a uh, give me something to make people laugh that's the real challenge and making it look real like you're not working at it I also think too some people are just year one I think people some people are just born with it they're just born with it it's like you can't like your mom said you can't teach it so to me looking at it like uh, candy glitter and be gay something I did uh, for great performances you look at that and you go okay how am I going to make this really funny because it is funny it's also tragic so Carol Burnett always said, says to me and, and she's very publicly said it you know comedy is tragedy sped up she's right and music aligns itself to that and an aria getting to do what I was trained to do vocally and then getting to do what comes naturally comedy was one of the great joys in my career right right at that part I loved it um anything I I say yes to now there has to be an element of can a lot of people play that part or just a few of us and that's probably what I'm going to be gravitated to now. If I do a role and I think, oh, anybody could have played that. I'm like, mm, I'm not excited by it. The comedy is so special to me. And I hate hacks. I just, I, I not the show. The show is not the show. The show is brilliant. The show is genius, but, and it's titled perfectly, but comedy hacks, people who just hack away at it, don't have respect for it. I'm waiting for the Oscars to, to, maybe perhaps give a best actress award to somebody who does a hilarious, hilarious. Remember Joan Cusack when she did? A uh, working girl. Or, yeah. Working girl. Don't you think that was an Oscar worthy performance? 100%. And I still remember the line. I, 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 uh, I, I put on Madonna and dance around the living room in my underwear, but that doesn't make me Madonna. Thank you. Another great philosophy, <laughs> but, yeah. but also like, that's what I'm talking about. What she, what she did there and Sigourney too. Oh yeah. And Melanie Griffith, in fact, as well, what they did, because it's always rooted in tragedy. It's always, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's not shouted on the mouth from the mountaintops. It's not hit over the head with the mallet. It's just innate. And it makes me, it gives me such pleasure to see that's one of the reasons I'm a big fan of my friend not to I'm just saying Cecily Strong all of her comedy is rooted in authentic and I love to watch it and she's also not just a sketch comedian she's an actress and I just I don't know I'm going on and on about comedy because I just feel like a lot of and not that we're uh beholden to awards and that's not what it's about because that's and it's not what it's about, truly. But to be seen and recognized for comedy, wouldn't that be nice? Oh yeah, the Academy Awards yeah. to do. 
I am a huge, huge Cecily Strong fan. And people don't realize she has a, a brilliant voice as well. Yeah, we do should we, we do the TV show Shemeka Doom together. And I'm like, Cecily, please let me produce a Broadway show for you when you're ready. She could do it. Oh, yeah. She's, people don't realize how brilliant she is. I do. And you right, do. But I think she's someone who's so underrated. Me too. Um, so I, how do I put this in, in a nice way? Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. You are seriously like annoyingly cheerful all the time. <laughs> okay. And people like me cannot relate. That's you why know, I think we'd be really good friends. <laughs> I could not relate. You have to have some bad days. Of course. What, what happened before I got on camera today? Is this a, have you ever had a day where you're just a total bitch? You know, like when you walk into the rehearsal and you hear the buzz going, oh, shit, heads up. Kristen's in a mood. Yes. Yes. In fact, it's harder for me, Melissa, because people don't expect that. And they don't want it because wait, then they go, oh, something's really wrong. I'm like, no, I just woke up in the bad side. Just like you have a bad day and you can be a bitch or a jerk. Um, I'm having mine. So accept it and don't make me feel worse. Like, oh, maybe she needs to go to the hospital. No, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just mad at everything. You know, my boobs are down to the floor. I'm mad. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. And let me have let it be this way. But it's better to be known as someone who's cheerful than a curmudgeon. I don't think you're known that way. No, I didn't say me. No. <laughs> I'm just using the term generically. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I just, you know, there's days where I'm just, you know, <laughs> grumpy and like, fuck this, fuck that, you know? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. My bad. It's okay. <laughs> your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, so we have to touch upon the fact that Wicked is being turned into a movie with Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande, yep. who is reprising uh, Glinda, the part you originated did you know Ariana before all this? Because I'm guessing, you know how Taylor Swift has Swifties? I have come up, if was she a Chenna stan? I love that. I wheezed. I just wheezed. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, my God. Chenna. Josh, can we start that today on the internet? I love that. It's Chenna stands. Um, I know I knew her since she was 10. Really? Came to see Wicked and her Nona and grandma brought her backstage to meet us. And she came in my dressing room. She goes, I want to play Glenda in her same voice that she has today. Just like me. We both have the same voice. <laughs> I fell in love with her right then. I just fell in love with her. And I just said, you have to have something of mine. She was so precious. Her, my dog, Maddie, peed on my couch. And she was like, do you have any cleaning solutions? Like, she's wanting to help clean the dog. Like, it's my dog. You know, no. That's just who she is. She's really that one. 
Did you and give her the did you give her this sofa cushion? I get no, I gave her bath soap and a plastic wand. Oh, I and bet I, you she still has them. She has the wand. <laughs> and we just stayed close. And then we worked together at Hairspray Live for NBC and just stayed close. And then the wicked movie came up and she goes, I'd like to audition. I said, I think you'll get an audition. I'm not worried about it. And you know, she's one of those unique artists that could play because remember she started on Broadway she's an actress and um people always forget that oh can she act it yes that's how she started and um she could have played either role actually but the way the casting went down was perfect because Cynthia will knock it out of the ballpark she'll knock it out of the ballpark yeah um even in tragedy and scary, you are hilarious. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was one of my favorite things you've ever said, ever. Um, you said when you had that terrible accident, oh. <laughs> that your hair extension <laughs> saved your life. Yeah, they did. I swear. Literally, not metaphorically. No, no, they did. I had a seven inch skull fracture and I had just gotten my extensions tightened. And there's these little, back then they used these little mail clips on me. They used these little mail clips. You know which ones I'm talking about? Oh yeah. And you know how when you first get your extensions done, you you're almost feel like you got an instant facelift. Like everything is so tight. And I got, and the doctor, I just remember coming up from a CAT scan. I was really out of it. You know, I just wasn't, wasn't right. And I had a concussion and he said, what are these, what are these? I have a memory of waking up and going, what are these little metal things on your head? I was like, they're hair extensions. (laughs) I I said, I just got them done. He said, well, they helped you because they acted like a stitch. So I didn't believe so much. I bled a lot, but they were like a little stitch. And he said, they really, I said, are you telling me my hair extensions saved my life? He said, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, they helped. And I was like, so I got free hair. I've got free hair since then. Because I, I love think, that. I think hair extensions helped. I really do. I really do. Um, recently on what, what everyone's buzzing about that on Andy Cullen, you alluded to that going back to Broadway. Now I consider us friends. <laughs> nice. Well, nice. I love the finger. Mm-hmm. Um, we are friends, Melissa. We yes. are, but I'm unable to speak on it because every time I speak on a project that I might do, it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I, should I be expecting a save the date? Oh, or the opening? I mean, you know, I mean, it's you know, I, we'll still be here. <laughs> let's hope it's not that far off. Before I let you go, I want to go back to the book and we're going to play a little game that oh, we no. made for you called Name That Philosopher. Oh no, it's I'm going to suck. No, there's some in here I think you will nail. Okay, tell me. Okay. The unexamined life is not worth living. Ian Forster. Close, Socrates. I think of them always in the same <laughs> I think, therefore, I am. <laughs> Descartes. You can I like just... the philosophies. I'm not necessarily sure who wrote them. Okay. okay. If you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. Beyonce. There you go. What we are re- 
Well, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. <laughs> Which one is it? Aristotle. I'm hashtag failing at my own. Book. No, no. Be the ball. Oh, who did that? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Just give me what it's from. Uh, Caddyshack. Yes, very good. Thank you. Okay, you got, I know you're going to get this last one. Please let it be my own philosophy. Oh, yeah, that's what you think. Why are you telling me, no, I can't stand it? Sally Brown. <laughs> there you go. Kristen, I love you so much. Everyone needs to get the book. I'm no philosopher, but I got thoughts. <laughs> Thank you for having the courage to come back. I don't know why I laughed through the entire thing today, but Melissa, thank you because I think I'm so tired from that whole from the whole press week. And we know I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I'm a little loopy because you talk so much about the book and you talk so much about your life that you get silly. And I'm so glad that you and I have this relationship. You are so fun. And I don't ever want to imply that you're curmudgeon. You're you're actually not. And I love you to death. I love you too. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Ahura Media Production.